On this episode of the Federal Chronicles presents the Metaphysical Connections News of the Week with Jason Cousineau, recorded for July 20th, 2019. Why rushing the gates of Area 51 is a horrible idea. Why rum and Dr. Pepper is actually worse. Why Tulsi Gabbard is the DNC candidate we deserve. Hackers hacking for fun, not profit. And more laughs. I'm your host, Eric Render King Fisk. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You fed me, you let me drink entirely too many rum and Dr. Oh Peppers my God. last night. Don't blame me. It's not my fault. That's, and that's probably Just because I was the one pouring them doesn't mean you couldn't have stopped me at some point. You kept saying, oh man, I'm going to get so drunk tonight. I'm going to get the drunkest I've ever been in 20 years. I did. Yes. I did. I did not lie. <laughs> I no, did you were not very lie. upfront about that. I, I, I certainly was. Which might might sound why we're a little we're wandering all over the place tonight. <laughs> yes. Or this yes. morning. This yeah. afternoon. It's one of those. When is it? I don't know. Somewhere like it's, that. It's yeah. right now it's five minutes to noon. Wow. Yeah. So the ten yeah. so yeah. the ten thousand dollar question that a lot of people have is like, what what does this have to do with Area fifty one and storming it? Um we got drunk that. That's, that, <laughs> that's the connection there. People storming. Okay, so people storming Area 51 seems to me like most people are joking about it. Right. That's what it feels like to me. I think in the day it actually arrives, there's going to be a bunch of news news reporters there. They're going to have the cameras. They're going to have everybody there, and there'll be like 20 people. 20 people. The usual yeah. 20 people that make your, their yearly exodus to right. Area 51. Right. And they're going to be like looking at the people with all the cameras and stuff going. What are you doing here? What happened? <laughs> right. <laughs> because know? the thing is, is it, the, going going to Area 51, if you've heard any any of Art Bell's shows, mm-hmm. you you have to commit to really going. You've got to plan ahead. Right. Because you've got to bring extra gas with you. Right. Because you're going in the desert, and you're not going in the desert like, I'm going to take a couple hour trip in the desert. No, you're going like six, eight hours drive into right. the desert. And I just drove across country. And I got, on average, 30 to 33 miles to the gallon. Yeah. And I didn't drive eight hours without having to stop for gas. Right. And you're driving one way in the desert, which, by the way, has no facilities. Eight hours one way to go to Area 51 and then eight hours back. So you got to bring your own gas, got to bring your own food, got to bring your own water. I'm pretty sure you can stop at a rest area whenever you want, as long as you don't have like a bashful bladder, because any and everyone can see you, because it's a fucking desert. But there's nobody there. Exactly. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. If yes. you know anything about the Nevada desert, you can go off a road yep. and drive for maybe an hour or so, and there are some parts where it is desolate. Yeah. You will not see anybody else And for Area hours. 51 is... It's north and west of Vegas and east of Death Valley. That tells you everything you need to know about what kind of shit's in that area. Not a lot. Right. So the thing is, is that your chances of actually surviving no, I think the hike so. in, maybe well, not just actually getting there. Actually getting there. I, I think survive is a strong word. I think people could do it. But only if they're prepared for right. it. Right. I think the it's not like you, you know, only someone who's trained for it can do right. it. Right. I think you just have to be prepared for it. And I think most people are going to be like, yeah, let's storm Area 51. Then they're going to actually look into it and go, oh, fuck that. Right. I'll just go to, uh, I'll just go get a Frosty at Wendy's or Something like that. <laughs> exactly. I'll raise a cup to you in spirit. <laughs> right. And, uh, but the thing is, you can't just like, 
um, hit the desert road with a, a quarter of a tank of gas. Oh, no. You know? No, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I mean, you've got to plan for it. Right. This, this is, I don't see that happening. So then, it, and that is even if you even make it close enough to the gates. Because from what I know, from what I understand, is that even before you get to the gates, somebody will spot you. Oh, yeah. One of the things that people don't know is that everything in Area 51, Area 51 sustains itself through having supplies flown in. Yep. Tankers of water and fuel. Everything. Everything. Everything is flown in. They're fresh, ready to go. You've just been in a car for eight hours driving in the desert. Yep. Okay. So as soon as um, you get within an maybe 10 or 20 miles to the gate, mm-hmm. you're, you're going to be stopped yeah. either by somebody in a patrol car. Now, just to be clear, right? when you say 10 or 20 miles from the gate, you mean you haven't even gotten to the gate You yet. haven't even gotten to the gate yet, yeah, so you will be Because that's another stopped. thing. A lot of people have this perception that is, yeah, you can go walk right up to the gate and just look no. in. No. No. They know you're there. No. They know you're there well before you get On top there. of that, there is there there are plenty of warning signs. Yes. That say that it's there, it, there's yeah, there is a a ordinance testing facility in Utah, north of Salt Lake. And there's a road that leads out to it. And if you drive out that road, you start seeing signs saying you're entering an area that is restricted armed guards, blah, blah, blah. If you're stupid and you keep going, eventually a Jeep will come up to you with a guy standing in the back with a Modus 50 caliber machine gun. And they're going to say, howdy. (laughs) (laughs) What What you doing? (laughs) What do you think you're doing? I was out for a drive. I thought I was enjoying the starlight, you know, and and they're going to be like, yeah, you need to leave now. And there are plenty of videos out there. Mm-hmm. That demonstrate what happens when you run into these people, run yeah. into these the the professional security yeah. guards. And they're not they're not going to be very susceptible to distraction, to bribery, sarcasm, any of that shit. Right? They're like, no, you need to leave now. They will tell you you need to turn around. I right have a now. right. You I don't pay my taxes and they pay your salary. Congratulations, you need to leave now. Right. <laughs> because because they will tell you something to the effect of you're out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And nobody can see you. Nobody's coming for help. Exactly. The only pe- the only way that anybody is watching this is is from you know the aerial drones. And the people who sent me to tell you to turn around. Nobody cares about your rights. Right. You don't have any rights out in the middle of the desert. Right. It's like it's almost like being in a ship at sea, right? Yes. You theoretically have these things in all practicality? No. Right, <laughs> you got dick. You got right. nothing. Well, yeah. unless you're female, and then you got tits. Right, right. but you but know what I mean. There is no. I mean, when it comes to government facilities, yeah, you're constitutional, whether or not you want to believe this or not. Well, once they, once you see signs say no trespassing, and it's a government facility, especially a top secret facility, something that requires a security clearance, you've abdicated your rights by transgressing right. in that now that is not a legal thing i don't think i don't really know all i know is in all practical purposes you did whoever has the gun yep makes the rules exactly when exactly. you're out in the middle of the desert right and if you call 9-1 you you may not even get a signal 
might might not you're probably not <laughs> going to get a probably signal probably not going to get a signal so i think that this is uh, and, and so there's that yep. let's just say that you were able to evade um the, the the security guards right okay let's just say hypothetically speaking right okay you're then able- you get to the gate it's well there's not fence. just there's not just one gate right well the the outside gate is as i understand things is just a chain link fence yes then there's another gate further in that is electrified yes both of which are topped by razor wire right right so you're either going to clip the fence congratulations you've just now destroyed government property right. and now they have an excuse to now, arrest you and or shoot you okay right and then there's another gate behind that and then there's a wall behind that as i understand things right Mm, some of this could be because I had way too much rum and Dr. Pepper last night. Right. So I just want to throw that caveat out there. Right. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... You're talking one of the... It's a place that's so secure that the government denied it existed for like 40 fucking years. Yes. And then you're going to just show up one day, you and a bunch of your friends. We want to see what's going on here. Right. So, yeah, and then on top of that, mm-hmm. this is a, a military facility. Right. You don't think that they don't have contingency plans in case something like this happens, whether or not it's a bunch of crazy civilians well, or foreign nationals that somehow infiltrated this country to raid Area yeah. 51? Right. You don't think that they don't have contingency plans for the event? Like, let's just, we'll use the generic Russians as right. the bad guys. Right. You don't think that they've been training and they're prepared to deal with that? Oh, absolutely. And if you bring your wife and kids, they don't know... They don't know who those people are. They right. don't know if that you're actually... Are you there to kill everybody there at, at Area 51 or to seize government right. property or or whatever's whatever there? Your, whatever your goal being there, it is not good. Right. Is what it boils down and to. They, and they will just assume that you are an unfriendly mm-hmm. combatant and they'll they will shoot you. you. Well, they'll treat you accordingly. Right. You know? So... Again, going with this hypothetical, right? So let's say you do get to Area 51. Mm -hmm. You're able to evade the security or dodge the security. You get through one gate, two gate. You manage not to get shot, Mm -hmm. okay? You actually get to the facility, the actual facility. Those things allegedly are sealed. They're sealed tight. Yeah. In the event that something like this should happen. Right. And from so many reports that I have heard, that what you see on the map, you're just seeing like the, the tip of the iceberg, as it were. Because apparently... Who's that guy that used to call into George Norrie? There was a guy that used to call into George Norrie, or he would or he would be a guest on George Norrie, and he would, he would say he's been in Area 51. Right. He was a scientist or whatever in Area 51. Do you remember who that guy is? He's on. He has a um, documentary on Netflix right now. It was yeah, and he's the one that basically they can't find any record of him ever existing, exactly. let alone working anywhere. And I mean, he's clearly articulate, intelligent. He is not what you would think of when you say the words crackpot. Right. He comes across as a guy who was an engineer. He has degrees. He seems very educated cognizant he's bob not, lazar bob lazar thank you thanks google <laughs> now i'm just going to read this from wikipedia really quick here because we oh you know wikipedia is, oh, yeah, yeah. is uh let's see let's see 
Uh, he, uh, he purported alien technology at a site called S4, located seven, several kilometers south of Area 51 Groom Lake operating location. Lazar said that the UFO ran an antimatter reactor that used the then unsynthesized Element 115 fuel. He claims that the U.S. government briefing documents there describe alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. Lazar claims resulted in bringing the secret site, commonly known as Area 51, to attention to the public. So before Bob Lazar, yeah. like very, 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 very few people even knew of Area 51. Yeah. Bob Lazar came out and said, hey, there's this place called Bob um, Area, Area 51. 51. And for the longest time, people thought he was freaking crazy. Yep. People, and I, I'm trying to remember, did he actually call into Art Bell a couple of times? Wasn't I, he a guest on I, Art Bell? I know he was... Uh, I know he was a guest on George Nori. I know George okay. Nori's had him on as a guest. I don't remember if he called in to... I know he's been on Art Bell's show, but I don't remember if he was a guest or if he called in. I was many, many, many drinks ago. Moons ago. And, uh, yeah. I, I, but according to what he said, yeah, it's if, basically a bunker. Yes. Everything there is basically a bunker. They don't have buildings. They have bunkers. If you actually go and you Google Art Bell, Bob Lazar... There are several interviews that you can find, most notably the September 26th, 1997 um, episode. Yep. So, yeah, it's out there. I mean, there. Are, I mean, Bob Lazar is the guy who, yeah. you know, nobody knew there was an Area 51 until Bob Lazar. And he's the one that's provided all of the information about right. it. Right. Now, is it possible that he's just some crackpot? Yeah. Well, but... It's possible, yes. but... You, I'm not sure if they mentioned it on Wikipedia or not. I didn't look it up. Go ahead. Again, they there's no record of Bob Lazar. There's no record of him having any degrees. There's no record of him going to school. And when I say school, I don't mean college or right. university. But, by mean, the way, this is all... Let's just slow our roll here for a yeah. second, just for a second. This is all allegedly, according yes. to all the documents that we've seen, what right. we've heard of Bob Lazar. This is part of the Bob Lazar legend, as it were. Right. I'm, I, mythology, I, even, it, you could term it, it. According to the mythology mm -hmm. about Bob Lazar, this is what we, we have seen and heard. Right. Now, supposedly, when he agreed to work at Area 51, he signed a contract, and they basically zeroed him out. Right. This is, again... All legend mythology and stuff like that. I can't imagine anyone saying, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead, erase me. Right. I just want to work with the cool alien shit. You know? Right. At least I wouldn't do that. No. You know? So, um, judging by what he said and how he's described Area 51, if he's legit and if it's actually falls out that he is 100% correct. Right. Yeah, you're not storming shit. No. You're not storming shit. You're going to see most likely a false front. You're never going to see the real Area 51. Right. And on top of that, one of the things that uh, in all of these other documents uh, uh, and documentaries and videos that I've seen is that because of all the experimentation that they've done out there, all, all the there's so much radioactive fallout. There's chemicals and stuff, chemical warfare that they've been playing with, all sorts of stuff that's just out in the desert. 
And, and according to one person, they have said that they've actually had to evacuate um, non-essential personnel during a windstorm because it was kicking up all of the toxic stuff in the dirt. Yeah. And, and, and you know... Yeah, I, and, I've worked in some pretty sketchy places in yeah. my time, but um, never worked at a place where if the wind blew too much, they wanted you to get out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So why would you want to go there knowing right? that the soil around Area 51 is toxic because of spills, tests... Contaminants of all, all different sorts kinds. of contaminations. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't. And, I wouldn't. and here's, here's the other thing. First... Allegedly, according to people like Bob Lazar, I'm not sure Bob Lazar has actually confirmed this or not. They've actually moved everything that they were working on to some other to some other place. We'll call it Area 50. Right, because the government a few years ago came out and admitted Area 51 existed. So you know what that that means, Jay? That means it's no longer there. Yeah. Well, what what was there is somewhere else. Right. I mean, Area 51 is still Area 51, but what they do there is gone. If they've done anything there at all. Is yeah, it's gone. Moved. Yeah, then it's the interesting thing too is, um, to me anyway, is that all of this is speculation. You right. and I are talking. We're kind of crackpots and 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 into these oh, conspiracy yeah. theories. Yeah, and, and I admit it. Yeah, and we both readily admit it. You know, so when the popular mind thinks of Area Fifty One, they're thinking like the scene from Independence Day. Right. You know, they're thinking various movies, Project Blue Book, all that kind of crap. Right. We don't know. For all we know, Area 51 was a top-secret facility where they were researching certain extra-dimensional technologies, Right. for example. They could have been, that's where the government was running MKUltra out of. Right. We have no idea what was there. We just have theories. Well, on top of like they, the, like the uh, the stealth fighter and the stealth bomber, we know that Skunkworks was down there. Was down there, right? And for people who don't know, Skunkworks was the term that they used for all, for the area of was it Lockheed Martin? I believe so. That um, developed like the SR seventy one. They right. developed the U two. They developed the the radar reducing signature planes and stuff like that that were in use during the Cold War. And they called it Skunk Works. And Skunk is actually an acronym and it means something, but I have no fucking idea what it is. So Skunk Works, we know, operated out of there. They did research in that area of Nevada. Um, Is that all they did? It's quite possible. Well, here you go here. Once again, thanks to the Oracle of Google, Skunk Works is the official pseudonym for Lockheed Martin's Advanced Development Programs, ADP, formerly called Lockheed Advanced Development Projects. It is responsible for a number of aircraft, including all the ones Jay just rattled off the top of his head. Um, it was uh, uh, the name was taken from Moonshine Factory in the comic strip Little Abner. <laughs> the designation Skunk Skunkworks or Skunkworks is is widely used in business engineering technical fields to describe a group within an organization given a high degree of autonomy and unhampered by bureaucracy with the task of working on advanced or secret projects. <laughs> They're named after a little <laughs> factory in Little Abner. They actually have a little cartoon skunk as the logo. Yeah, I've seen the skunk. I didn't know it was from Little Abner. Yeah. That by the, is awesome. And by the way, just a shout out to um, woke call out culture. Uh-huh. Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. Stalker. <laughs> rapist. 
I don't think he actually raped anybody, but he sure as hell tried. He tried, and they have documented evidence. Right, they have documented evidence. I've, I've it's seen on it video, myself. man. It's somewhat I've, disturbing. I've seen the film. It is somewhat disturbing. I've seen the film. So not safe for work. So the thing is, <laughs> that's the thing. Pepe Le Pew may not be safe for work, <laughs> right? He's gonna. He's actually. Uh, the originator of the hashtag me too movement probably yeah. a, lot of, a lot of female black cats running around right. with paint on their back right yeah, yeah right they're up there shouting their their protests at warner brothers shout your rage at warner <laughs> brothers guys uh, what is wrong with us uh, everything <laughs> and can't blame the alcohol <laughs> well not not well not yet maybe we might be able to <laughs> After we have last, not had any alcohol in at least eleven hours. I, so yeah. <laughs> I'm actually thinking after after last night, I'm thinking about going back into recovery. <laughs> oh jeez, nobody likes a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and and and, and like my, my, uh, you know, like Michelle at the uh, at the liquor store is like, I got a kid to feed, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Come so, on, these dentist bills aren't going to pay themselves. Yeah, you know you want the gin. You know you want the gym. Summer camp's not cheap, Eric. <laughs> so, um, so we do we want to touch on or update people on um, Jeffrey Epstein? Yes. Is there anything to say other than the fact that while we're recording, mm-hmm. we're going to find out if whether or not probably by the end of the day, and this is this is Thursday, um, uh, July seventeenth. And we don't even know if whether or not he's been granted bail yet because this right, is a developing news story. By the time people listen to this, they will know. Right. And last week, um, if I remember correctly, he was trying to negotiate a lesser sentence by basically turning over his black book of names. Apparently, some of the names have already been released Right on that. And one of the things that we've also found out, and I think we touched upon this last week... Bill Clinton was on the Lolita Express right. private charter of Epstein's up somewhere between 26 and 28 times. Wow. We know Trump was is in his book, but right. we don't have any evidence we, of Trump actually being on the Lolita we, Express. We know from news reports that Trump did sort of kick him to the curb maybe 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, and there's rumors floating around that maybe... Epstein was one of the co-founders of the Clinton Foundation. Yeah. You know, we don't... There's supposedly Tony Blair had some involvement with him. Yeah. That was the one that surprised me the most. Um, you know, and then there's the, the usual suspects. <laughs> yeah. In politics. So, I mean... You gotta wonder... If he does do a plea deal... He's not. I don't. I can't see if he's got as many powerful friends that he's about to turn state's evidence on. It's almost like the mafia, you know. I I can't see him going anywhere. Good. Yeah. By doing that, you know. Um. I can I can see him getting getting taken out at some point. Whether, taken out meaning suicided. Either, well, yeah, either suicided. Or um, it's kind of hard to discredit someone like that because, eh, but um, in other words, I could see 
I could see something happening where, oh, we looked at the names in, in the black book and they're, you know, all of the rumors were wrong. There was no one really powerful there, blah, blah, blah. And them just poo-pooing it right. or saying that there was, other than the book itself, there's no evidence. Right. I could see something like that happening because I'm betting there's some politicians that are still in office. And we're talking not just the United States here, worldwide. Right. That are probably in that book. I think that what's inevitable mm-hmm. for those of us who are conspiracy theorists to come out and say there's going to be somebody like a Rachel Maddow mm-hmm. is going to take to the airwaves and she's going to say this whole thing with Jeffrey Epstein and the connections to Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and their involvement. is It's all a conspiracy theory. Yep. They're all they're going to just start screaming, you know, and they're just going to repeat this, saying that there's no evidence. When apparently there's, even the New York Times has an article that that talks about the possible connections between yeah. Epstein and Clinton's. Um, and then eventually, as as they just keep saying it over and over and over again, they're going to keep saying. Then they're going to just say hey, asked and answered every time somebody brings it up, like like Benghazi, right? Right. They're just going to keep saying, "No, no, we've already we've already answered this. It's we have to move on now." Yeah, exactly. I and they're going to make they're going to make up some kind of like sort of half baked. They're going to skip to the end. Right. They're going to skip. They're going to say, "No, the investigation's over. We've already been. It's already been dealt with." Well, we didn't see anything. We didn't no. see what happened as a result. We, we haven't don't know seen... what the foundings findings were. What were the findings? It's it's settled. It's already. Don't worry about it. Right. You know, I could I could see that happening. And people are going to buy that. And the thing is, well, is that I don't know if people are going to buy that. Some people will, and the rest of us are just going to keep wondering because there's no way there's nowhere for us to go to find out more. Do you want some breaking news? Sure. Um, this is like I said. This is breaking news. We're and we're recording this at twelve nineteen p.m. Um, uh, the multimillionaire is accused of running a sex traffic ring he will remain in custody pending his trial judge denies bail for jeffrey epstein good so good i mean good and bad because one of two things can happen jay well once he's in jail once he's in jail um things can happen to him and they can blame it on someone else because there's a lot of people in jail who are molested as children. There's a lot of people in jail in situations like uh, what happened with Jeffrey Dahmer. Right. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer lasted what months? Yeah, months. Whitey Bulger, fine example. Whitey yeah. Bulger is probably one of the most famous um, the pedophile priest. Yeah. Yep. What's Can, I can't and I won't remember his name. Right. Right, but yeah, he he the, these people lasted months in jail. They didn't even make it a year. No. And you got to wonder if someone like Epstein once he gets to jail, is there going to be anything that's going to happen to him to prevent the full story from ever coming out? Yeah. Now, the truth of the matter is just because Jeffrey Epstein is gone doesn't mean there's more to the story. It doesn't mean there's more evidence that could be found out. What that means is the source, the the reason for the investigation is gone. So there will be no further digging into it. You know, you have to have in any investigation, any criminal investigation, there has to be a reason for conducting the investigation. 
And right now, the reason for conducting the investigation is that there's allegations against Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein goes away, the investigation goes away. Right. That's how it operates. That's the way our legal system is set up. And it has to be that way because then our legal system, they can't just say, I think Eric's up to some shady shit up there in New Hampshire. We should conduct an investigation. Well, no. They have to have a reason. No, they, they, they yeah, well I, well, I mean, I've given them reason. Yeah, is, but I'm with, just... With my website. Right, know. but what I'm saying is, you know, if they invest, they investigate you and then, you know, your investigation's gone, they're like, well, let's investigate Jason. We don't have any evidence against him, but he was on Eric's site a couple right. times, yeah. so let's investigate him. Right. They can't really do that. They have to have... I had to have said or done something on the site or with the site right. to prove collusion in whatever it is you're right. accused of. Right. And same thing with Epstein. They ha- may have his black book, but all they have is a book of names right. and numbers. So he was friends with these people. He's a fucking billionaire. Right. He, he knows other millionaires and billionaires. Right. I mean, they're running the same circles. They go to the right. same but restaurants. There's no, there's no reason to investigate them if no. Jeffrey goes away. Jeffrey Epstein, if he's dead, the investigation stops. Because so, so basically unless and until they find evidence to cause them to dig further. Are we basically predicting? I'm saying Jeffrey Epstein won't see 20... I don't think he'll see 2021. He may see 2020 because that's, you know, six months away. Right. I don't think he'll see 2021. If they keep going going through with this... I think he'll. De- I think he'll be dead within a year, maybe more. Depends on the investigation, the depth of the investigation. Because if if, if we have multimillionaires and billionaires, who are the highest names in political office, and industry, mm-hmm. real estate, especially in the Manhattan region, right? Okay. Am I saying that our president may have indulged in teenage prostitutes? It's not out of the realm of, like we said last week. Yeah, it is certainly within the realm of possibility. But, but the thing is, is that, you know, and then there's these other weird stories that I don't know if people are just making them up. Like he had he had, a, he had passports from different countries. I heard that one story I read, um, uh, he, he had an Austrian passport. And then somebody else came forward and said that he's been an operative of the CIA getting yeah. dirt. And that's... I, if that's if that's wrong, that's irresponsible reporting. Right. It's sensational. It gets clicks. It gets podcasters talking about it. Right. But if it's not true, then it's it's irresponsible because it, now you're you're diluting what the investigation is trying to accomplish. And is that a part of a disinformation campaign? It could very well be because this when you're dealing with someone who has that much money, and again, from what I remember, Epstein is a billionaire with a B. He has resources. Yeah. He has hundreds and thousands of people on his payroll. All it takes is, hey, you know, Mr. Epstein needs you to start saying this. Right. You know what I mean? Can you feed this anonymously? It may not even be Epstein's people. It could be somebody Nobody could. Who, who could be in his black book saying, right. I need you to publish some weird stuff. Right. Somebody in the waters. That circle. Now, what would happen? Let's 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 open up the rabbit hole and see how <laughs> deep it goes. How far say down the nothing, rabbit hole are we going? Say say nothing happens to Epstein, and they conduct this investigation. They find his black book. They find evidence, and they chase it down. They take down Clinton. They take down Trump. They take right. down Tony Blair. They take down um, 
just imagine like leadership of companies like Google, the New York Times, Forbes, um, yeah, Charles Schwab, um, what's his name, Trudeau in Canada. We're just saying we're not saying we're not saying people. this is true. I'm just we're saying what if say the worst possible scenario of right. that black book turns out to be true and this investigation is able to continue to completion and they get all of those names all of those people get brought up on charges right. all of those people get punished and yeah. get thrown in club fed right yeah you're looking at a complete vacuum power vacuum within business business is going to recover first i think government less so because you're going to have the way things are currently within our society at least in the united states there is such a polarization that there's going to be nothing but pointing fingers at the other side right you did this you did that your guy sucks your guy sucks all that shit right that i think is going to be more detrimental to us than people realize if we lose the people running huge massive corporations like Google, for example, what happens with that? They're in business. Usually, you have your your I call them the C club. You know, CEO, CFO, CTO, right. blah blah blah. All of those C blank O jobs. They have an idea of what's going on. There's probably two or three in that group at every company that know everything that's going on. Yeah, but no one know other than the CEO. Even the CEO doesn't know everything right they know most things right but then what happens if you lose that power back there's a power vacuum because it's not going to be just ceos that go down it's going to be ctos cfos whatever's right right they're going to go down you're going to lose powerful figures in government they're going to go down there's going to be a lot of distrust between the rank and file members of a political party and the yes. leadership of a political party Imagine half of Congress finding, imagine finding out half of the Senate and the House of Representatives are, have all received kickbacks or been participants on the Lolita Express. How would you feel if your candidate, if your senator, who has been your senator for 20 years, has been on the Lolita Express four or five times? I mean, the thing is, here's the list of some of the people who have been associated with the news stories. Kevin Spacey, um, this uh, Miss Maxwell, I can't pronounce her name, and I don't want to insult this person of, you know. Um, Prince Andrew, William Barr, Alexander Acosta, Corey Feldman? Yeah. Corey Feldman. Why, why is Corey Feldman trending? <laughs> anyway... No, seriously, he's just, for some reason he is associated with, with this with this news story. Uh, well, given what happened to him in Hollywood, that kind of thing makes people repeat. I don't understand. So the thing is, is that there's a. I mean, if you you do this search and there are all these all these names associated, like hey, since you looked up. Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey here's a list of all these other people. These are all these people who are... Huma Abedin is somehow... Her name is tossed in with this with this news story. And again, it doesn't... The people that can be taken down from this are not necessarily people that have been on the Lolita Express. They could have been enabling it. 
You know, if Huma Abedin was facilitating people going on the Lolita Express, is, this is this is pure speculation. It is. It's, it's pure. It's in my in, in my mind, it's worst case scenario. Just because their names are trending right. together doesn't mean that the stories are associated but think with of that. each other. Leadership in the Democrat Party and the Republican Party, you know, all being tied to this. A child sex ring? What would happen? No, what seriously. Would what would happen yeah. if all of these famous names in politics on both sides of the political aisle mm-hmm. are caught up in this Epstein scandal? What happens? Well, we would see a change in leadership, right? Um, I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing. I think there would be certainly some chaos. Jay, it would be chaos. It would be chaos. Yeah, but I don't think it'd the- be chaos. I don't think the chaos would be as bad as we might otherwise think it would be, because the the organizations are going to have ways of dealing with it. Yeah, you lose, say, Debbie Wasserman Schultz as the head of the DNC. Someone else gets put in her place. Right. You lose uh, what's his name Steele, that's in charge of the Republican Party, and someone gets put in his place. Yeah. You know, and then you find out that they're involved. They get replaced. You find out they're involved. They get replaced. You right. find out they're involved. They get replaced. They've got an entire fucking roster they can go through of replacing people and just keep going down the line until there's no one until associated they, with Until it. they finally find somebody who's so, not... Right. Who's not tied and, to it. And here's the thing. This may not even be as um, broad of a scandal than we think it is. It could exactly. be. Exactly. It could be that there's it's five people and that's it. Or eight people or whatever. Right. It could be twenty tops, maybe. Right, and it could be that the that book of names has a bunch of names in it of people who are not in the public eye. No, in which case it would be a lot of, eh, who cares? Get the scumbags off the street. Right, That's but as soon as it turns, but as soon as it turns out to be like a a former or current president, things are going to go sideways. Right, and again, that's assuming that there's there there. You know what right. I mean? There's a there's evidence. Because just because they're in the book doesn't mean that they're guilty, right? right? There's a lot of evidence right now, from what I understand, regarding Clinton. There's evidence of Trump, but it's older evidence. So, you know, is it one of those things where, you know, Ivanka found out about it and grabbed Donald's, you know, Mandarin oranges, shall we say, <laughs> and applied pressure? You know, Maybe. who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's... The truth of the matter is, is we don't know anything at this point. I right. think it's if if something happens to Jeffrey Epstein within the next 12 to 18 months, that to me is going to indicate there were more names in there than powerful organizations were prepared to deal with. Right. Like, chances are there may be names in that little black book. That are names of people who are presidents and CEOs of corporations that we hear of every day, but we don't hear their names. Right. There's no, I don't think that there's going to be, uh, there's not going to be any Bill Gates. Right. Or right. And I'm using Google as an right. example. I'm not saying that anyone in Google is is involved right. in any way. Could they be? Sure. There, there might be. Who knows? Right. I don't know. You know, I'm just throwing out a name out there because it's I'm in IT and Google's a big name in IT. So, I mean, it's it's not the worst case scenario in, in my mind is highly unlikely to happen, right? More likely what's going to happen is they'll lock him away and another story will happen. 
and then we won't hear about any there'll, of the there'll further be another distraction there'll be another distraction there'll be another storming of area 51 right. for example so if we see and then if if that happens and then like i said 12 to 18 months later jeffrey epstein is found dead right there was something there like for there was a, there was there was a there there and they needed to stop the investigation and here's the thing trump said something pretty de- deplorable this week. to hear that. Right. I really? mean, oh my God, really? He's so, oh. oh my God, stop really? the presses. Really? It, it must be a day that ends in wine. <laughs> and he had said, you know, um, referring to these four Congresswomen, if you don't like it here in the United States, go back where you came from. Yeah. And that is being, I'm not saying it's being blown out of proportion. It's a shitty thing to say. Right. And according to some of the things that I've read, posted by other people, that may be, if if you were a manager or a supervisor of a group, yeah. that would be cause for dismissal. Yep. If you say, go back where you came from, that's cause for dismissal. They might actually say, this is cause for impeachment. It's kind of, but the thing yeah. is, is that, is it, I mean, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's not the worst thing I think that he said. Right. Since he started running for president. Right. I'm not saying that it's not being blown out of proportion because it's, it is but, a big, huge deal. But then again, at the same time, it's not how bad something's... Some, it's not how bad what he says, right? It's more about does he say the right, wrong thing at the right time? That's what's going to lead to a impeachment proceeding. Right. It's not that he's saying something because he said shit's a lot worse right but he has to say the right wrong thing at the right time there right. has to be that coincidence of circumstance where you did the wrong thing at the wrong time and that's he said it. it in a public speech right and like for example and, and i don't mean that i mean let's let's be honest in today's society the way today the way we look at things in today's society if a sitting president was being investigated and said depends on what your definition of is is right that guy's going down yeah that guy's going down back then not so big of a deal yeah because of the way the place society was right right and you're still going to have the, the people that are loyal to the office or to the person in the office right or to the party that the person in the office belongs to yeah that are going to poo-poo it, they're going to downplay it, they're going to say this is not worthy of blah. Okay? Right. But he has to it it has to be the right wrong thing at the right time. And on top of everything else. Mm-hmm. Whereas you look at the, the collective outrage and it was everybody is getting angry about something that he said in a speech. Trying to impeach him over that, that's low-hanging fruit. Right. There's probably a lot of other things that they could, if they wanted to, investigate. And, and But the problem is, is that they've already had one investigation. Right. And it didn't come out the way that they thought. Right. And what what has slowly been dribbled out is that the FBI under Obama investigated Donald Trump. Yeah. Is that anybody? Here's the thing. If you're a candidate for the president of the United States, don't you want the FBI digging into this person to see to make sure? I I would hope that the FBI, here's the thing, and, and, and I got to be careful how I say this because yeah. people 
people will come out and 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 misrepresent what I'm saying. Right. Okay. Go back as far as you want. Um, Truman. Right. Or Eisenhower. Now, do I want the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover investigating the president to see if there's any a presidential candidate to see if there's any dirt on him? Maybe not not an FBI under J. Edgar Hoover. Well, the the but you want to have somebody to investigate well, a presidential want, candidate, or don't you? You want vetting. You want vetting. You want vetting, not investigating. There's there's two okay different connotations and implications of of the two. An investigation, i.e. what Obama did, is illegal. The sitting president cannot use governmental agencies to investigate the opposition. They can't. Right. So that is illegal. However, if it was a policy that the presidential candidate, whoever wins the primary elections nationwide, gets investigated by the FBI, that would not be illegal because it's a blanket thing. Right. Right. It's like the difference between institutionalized racism and what we currently have, which is just rampant racism. Right. right. There's statistics, and I've got to find links for this shit because people aren't going to believe me when I say this. There are statistics that say that a black man and white man, if they commit the same crime in the same bad neighborhood, the black man is going to be less likely to be arrested than the white man. However, if both men are arrested, the black man is very much more likely, like two or three times as likely, to get prosecuted and imprisoned for it and is virtually guaranteed to get a higher sentence. Right. Whereas a white man committing that exact same crime in the exact same circumstances is more likely to get investigated and less likely to get arrested and therefore less likely to get yes. go to prison. Yes. So the laws are not written that way. Mm-hmm. If the laws were written and it was codified and said, if the person being investigated for this crime is black, this is the sentence. Right. And if the person being investigated for this crime is white, it's this sentence. That would be institutionalized racism, right. and it's not. Well, we have our racist people applying punishments disproportionately. Sure. That's not institutionalized racism. That's just a bunch of bad people in power. Right. So if every presidential election both candidates are being investigated by or vetted by the fbi by virtue of the fact that they could be in charge there's nothing illegal about that and there's even you could even say like you were saying you kind of want that right kind of want you want them to be vetted as it were exactly you want to you want to know or the government should know what are the consequences of this person being in charge? What are the possible things that could happen? What kind of a person are they? Have they had problems with the law? Have they had problems, blah, blah, blah? You know what I mean? Right. I mean, Trump's had a bunch of financial problems. So clearly that didn't matter. Right. You know, and being investigated doesn't mean that... And also, again, vetting investigation implies punishment as a result. Yeah. So if someone is investigated and dirt is found there's going to be some form of punishment applied after that however if the fbi investigates every presidential candidate and just so that they know and there's no punishment right there's no consequence to it they just been vetted now they know the dirt that that person has in their background that's vetting 
they yeah. know what it is. There's no necessarily consequences because the will of the people are still going to decide which one of those idiots right. are going to end up sitting in the Oval Office. So, But there has to be a process that we don't know of that's not publicly I don't know. announced. I've never, I've never heard of any such thing happening. I mean, I would, I would assume because the president gets a top secret security clearance, I would assume that they conduct the same investigation for the for that president to get that clearance. You would that think they that would the Secret Service, the Secret Service at the very least, U.S. Marshals, yeah, somebody, there would be some sort of process to investigate. They can't deny giving him the the top secret security clearance but they have to i would think anyway they would have to investigate to find out if it's a risk giving him this this clearance perfect here's here's an example uh-huh. that i think w- is would be very interesting let's say that i wanted to run as an independent for a seat on the the board of selectmen mm-hmm. okay there's there's not an independent party really, but I'm yeah. just throwing this out yeah. there. If there was an independent party, you would think that the independent party would have somebody, least. some of the party leaders would initiate an investigation, a vetting. Is he really an independent, or is he a closet communist? Well, here's here's the problem with that though, right? Each state decides the way their elections are held. Sure. Okay. Which is why we have 26 states in the in the United States that have open primaries. As a registered Democrat, they can vote for the in the Republican primary for who they want to represent the Republican Party. Yeah. I think that's stupid and asinine. That's led that's not to me the primaries are supposed to be about who the party wants to represent right. themselves. And what we have now is what does the general public want to see? Who does who who are the two contenders or the right. general public wants to see in the in the big fight? Yeah. And that's it. And I disagree with that because that's why we end up with presidents presidential candidates who are separated by just degrees. Right. And not by, you know, not by great stances or strong stances. Because if I'm a Republican voting in the Democrat primary, because, you know, if I don't care which one of my people gets in office. They're going to be okay. Right. But I I want to hedge my bets on the other scumbag. You know what I mean? Well, practical mm-hmm. application to this thought and idea. I've been listening to a lot of Tulsi Gabbard, mm-hmm. who sounds more reasonable. She sounds like more like uh, like an adult than, say, Joe Biden. Yeah. Right. Now the thing is, is and and I really like Tulsi Gabbard. Mm-hmm. Don't agree with everything. Not not everything. Yeah, but I agree. I agree with her more often than I agree with Donald Trump on a, a, a couple of issues. Yeah, I agree with her on a couple of uh, some other really important issues. And the thing is, is that she sounds like a mature adult. Right. We're looking at the time. No, no, no. I kicked the stand. Okay. My, sorry. Go ahead. So, what if I say first of all? I don't like the guy who's... I don't like the incumbent. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Should I be able to switch parties and say, hey, I like I like Tulsi Gabbard. I'd like to see her give Donald Trump a run for the money. If 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 Donald Trump is going to be beaten by somebody... I would rather it... I'd Tulsi. rather it be Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. I would rather see... I Because I, if... 
right now, the way things are now, mm-hmm. even with all the crazy, ridiculous thing Trump Trump says, yeah, with even with all the crazy things, if Joe Biden gets the nomination, I don't think, especially. Jimmy Dore has a couple of videos of him on his YouTube channel just blundering, just these horrible gaffes yeah. in these interviews. He's not, he, he's not sharp. Yeah. He's, and he's not sharp like Trump. Trump is like he's sharp like a shark. Yeah. He smells blood and he goes after it. He finds out what your weakness is. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Warren goes into a rage every time Donald Trump calls her Pocahontas. Right. Do you think Donald Trump is going to stop calling her Pocahontas? Oh, hell no. All he has to do is... And pushing her buttons? Exactly. All he has to do is, if they're in a debate together, just make a snide comment about her being Pocahontas. Right. She's going to go off, and it's going to, it's going to be a bad... It's, she's going to come across badly right. to the audience. Right. Look at what sank... Remember Howard Dean? Oh, oh yeah! Exactly. What sank his... It wasn't his stance on anything. It wasn't... Um, something he said, a gaffe he made in a debate. Right. It was a video of him winning a primary and his reaction to it right. that sank his campaign. Like he was super hyper excited for coming in third place. And he's right. like, Not only are we going to New Hampshire, Tom Harkin, we're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. And we're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. That's what sank his campaign. Yeah. So Trump, Elizabeth Warren, standing on the stage, she says, all right, calm down, Pocahontas. Right. She's going to go ballistic. Shoot blood out of her eyes and, you know, shit out of her ears. You know, it's going to be... Her her head her right. head's gonna spin. It's gonna pop off, spin around in ten different directions. It's gonna turn into an eye of the beholder from DC Comics or D and D. You know, it's gonna be whatever she's gonna do. It's gonna make her look like shit. And Trump is gonna be smiling right. the entire time because he knows not only how, because yes not, exactly not only because he knows he won the election, but because he's enjoying the show. Right. You know, he enjoys pushing people's buttons. Because he's that kind of a guy, you know? What a f- so you need to have someone who is more collected, who's going to be able to debate him. Now, that's not saying that Elizabeth Warren couldn't control herself and have a very effective campaign against Trump. Right. She quite possibly could. However, the way she reacts to people referring to her as Pocahontas and calling her Pocahontas and re- and indicates probably not. And referencing the... Um- the DNA test. Yeah. Where she's one... 1024th. 1024th. Yeah. Native American. Right. And there's also another phenomenon where it's just like you, you look at the over-unders, the positive versus the negative posts response. She posts something on Twitter. Uh-huh. And you scroll through the responses. And, and, and you count. You do it like a, a ratio. Uh-huh. Negative over positive. Okay. Okay. And, and you got to be honest with yourself. Is that a positive? Hey, go get him, Elizabeth Warren, or Elizabeth Warren, you suck. Right. Right. You got to be honest. Uh-huh. If you're thinking about voting for her, mm-hmm. look at do the, do the negative over positive ratio. If there are more people posting negative responses to something that she says on Twitter, then there are positive 
then she's not she's get smoked. It. Yeah. But you and you go to another candidate, Bernie Sanders. Right. He posts something. You do an honest assessment. Yeah. And you look at the, you look at that ratio. Are there more people saying positive things about him or negative things about him in response to something they said? Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. You look at somebody like Tulsi Gabbard. She has her negative over positive. Yeah. It's like the positives are like ten to one. People genuinely like this candidate. Right. But, the, okay. So, I don't... I, I'm looking at these people who are... Like, there's now there's like... I think there's 23 people who claim to be Democrats who are running for president. Are any of them going to win the... I don't, I don't think so. Well, I don't know. But I, I look at it this way. If the Democrats put Tulsi Gabbard as their candidate in this election, the Democrat Party will take a step ahead of the Republicans in terms of, I want to say respect, but not really respect. Right. It's the Democrat Party right now seems like, ah! you know, and then if they put someone like Tulsi Gabbard forward as their candidate, they're no longer going to be, have that impression. It's no longer going to be the party of, ah! it's going to be the party of, no, this is what we believe. Right. This is what we want to do. This is how we want to do it. Yep. What do you got for me, Trump? And Trump's going to be the one going, ah, right. we've got the best, it's been the best ever kind of a thing. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's what he does. Because it's all ego with him. Right. So Tulsi Gabbard, even if she doesn't win the election, if she gets the candidacy, the Democrat Party stands, looks better, has a better standing with the American people than the Republican Party would. And all of these things, that all these negative things about Trump, and we're talking, and a lot of people are, are are upset that the normalization of racism or the use of the word racism, yeah, is the thing is, is that every time you toss the word racism out, it's a little more diluted. Right. It's the same thing with Nazis. You know, people right. keep calling the other side Nazis. Right. The Democrats call the Republican Nazis. The Republicans call the Democrats Nazis. They both kind of have a point, but. You know, I've been in discussions with people who said that Trump is a Nazi. And I said, oh, he's killed six million Jews? Uh, we, we've talked, yeah, this yeah is, we've we talked mentioned this last week. Exactly. Yeah. Because they don't, they're using Nazi as he's bad. They're not using Nazi as in what a Nazi actually is. And there's, I think that's detrimental to us as a society because we're going to lose sight of the truly evil things that man can be capable of. Right. Right? You look at Pol Pot, you look at... Um, Stalin, uh, Adolf Hitler, freaking, uh, what was it, Mengele was the one that did all those experiments yeah, on jo the twins. Yeah, yeah, Joseph, Joseph Mengele. Mengele. You know, these these are vile things. You yeah. know, even MK Ultra, it's a vile thing to have done. There was um, one CIA experiment, I guess, where they, they had an operative go out to a party and he put something in everyone's drinks. Just to see what would happen. LSD in people's drinks. Yeah, just to see what would happen. All these people were tripping out on L LSD. That's that's a roofie. The fucking CIA roofied a whole bunch of people. They granted they didn't have sex with them, but they fucked them in a completely different way. Right. You know what I mean? In today's world, if the CIA did that, and then you get a random piss test the next day, you could lose your job for something right. you didn't even do. Right. That was done to you. 
you know, and you're not even aware that it happened. I think that if you start tripping out on LSD, you'd probably go to the hospital, and you would, you would, you would think. Who knows? Who knows what people would do? Well, that's exactly it. You know, if you've ever tripped out before, you're going to realize, oh, this is just a trip. You know, if you haven't, like I haven't, I might freak the hell out. Right. You know, so who knows? But the the thing that to me this election could do if someone like Tulsi Gabbard becomes the candidate we might start seeing a better class of candidates yeah and i hope to god that's what happens cuz Tulsi Gabbard may not win in 2020 but if she is the candidate in 2020 the candidates that we have to that we look at in 2024 yeah. Are going to be better. Right. We're not going to be dealing with a Trump versus Clinton kind of thing. Right. You know, in 2024, if Tulsi Gabbard becomes the Democrat candidate, yeah. In 2024, we're going to be looking at someone better than, say, Bernie Sanders versus Pence. Yeah. And I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for that. You know, because we need we need candidates who are talking about what they stand for and not trying to tear down their opponent. I mean, so far from what I've seen in Tulsi Gabbard's campaign and the few snippets, I have to apologize, I have not seen the, the debates, but the snippets I've seen of the debates, she's not tearing down the other candidates. No. She's like, this is what I want to do. This is we, my platform. She's this the one I'm- on the stage who says, "We here, all that's all well and good. We need to focus on these issues. Right. Here are the things that we need to, you know, because the thing is, is that, okay, you vote Trump out of office. Then okay. What? What do you do on January 21st? Right. And everybody's like, whoa, what? Right. Because like... She has a plan. Right. She doesn't care about Trump. She wants to be president, not because she wants to defeat Trump. She wants to be president because she has a plan in place for how she wants America to go. Right. You got to respect that. Even if you don't agree with the plan. Sure. I would... I'm I'm almost at the point where I would vote for Tulsi Gabbard over, over... anyone else just because that's the kind of candidates i want to see she's not losing her shit the way these other candidates are exactly she's not doing going all negative she's saying hey this is me now once she becomes gets the the nod in the primary her advisors may try and overwhelm her and bum rush her and be like no we have to going negative against Trump is a winning strategy to which she can then turn to them and say, yeah, because it worked out so well for the other 22 guys. Right. You know what I mean? And I think she's got the fortitude of character and the willpower that she would be able to basically tell them, no, I'm not going to run that kind of campaign. But we will see supporters of her doing the negative campaigning about Trump. And no, this is not paid for by the Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> no, it's 2020 just, campaign. Just the, she is the kind of candidate I want to see. If we right. had a candidate for her, a candidate like her on the Democrat right. side and a candidate like her on the Republican side that's going out there and not denigrating their opponent, right. but going out there and saying, look, this is if you vote for me, this is my plan. Right. This is how the direction I think America should go. Maybe we'll start seeing more candidates like that. Wouldn't it be awesome to see... Candidates like Tulsi Gabbard, yeah, uh, running that way for their yep. Senate seat yep. or their House seat. Maybe we'll actually start seeing, other than the fourteen percent of contested races every two years in the House, we'll start seeing more like twenty-five yeah. percent or fifty percent or 
please, dear God, 75 or 80% that are contested. And they're saying, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do. This is right. what my plan is. This is my vision. Vote for my, a right. vote for me is a vote for this direction. Yeah. I would much rather see that than the current shit we've got going right. on. You know? Post, so. post, yeah. Posted on our uh, News of the Week group page, mm-hmm. there we have um, video with, Je- with Jennifer Lawrence. Je- Jennifer Lawrence is talking about a new yeah, I saw that. An initiative, mm-hmm. a new a bill that people are trying to push it, push through, saying... Their, their goal is do it at the state level. Yeah, their their goal is start at the state level. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is that Jennifer Lawrence, and I'm sure that this, she, I mean, it's just, she's, I don't know. She's is like she, a spokesperson. Is she she's a paid a... spokesperson? Okay, yeah. but the thing is, one of the key, one of the statistics that she threw out mm-hmm. is that Congress people have to raise $45,000 a day. While for, they're in office. For while they're in office. To get their re-election campaign funds. Exactly. And they and the reason why that there there are people who are so absent, absentee voters mm-hmm. on on bills, mm-hmm. is that they're they're too busy campaigning. Right. They're con- when they should be voting on these bills. They're campaigning. They're too busy trying to get reelected to do their jobs. Exactly. Now that's wrong. Now I've heard like um, I'm not going to say who it was that told me this, but said that's why. You know, the government should make a law that ev- that all of the press has to give a certain amount of airtime to each candidate. I'm not sure I want to go that far. I'm, I'm not, not sure I want the government having the authority or feeling like it has the authority to tell the press what they have to do. That's, that's, that's scary. That's scary. The idea is good, but the implications of that idea to are not. To force somebody right, are, to... Exactly. Instead... What I would rather see is each candidate gets money from the government and they're not allowed to raise funds outside of that. They're not allowed to spend money outside of that on the campaign. If Donald Trump, the the alleged billionaire, decides he's going to use his own money to post an ad, no. He gets spanked for that. Right. You have to use the money you get from the government. Right. And that is it. That way there... You can have someone like, hopefully more intelligent, but like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez running. She makes $35,000 a year. She ran a grassroots campaign. She actually got elected. Her next campaign, I guarantee you, she's going to spend more on that campaign than she made in a year. Sure. Previously. Now she's part of the problem. Right. Yeah. But if we can eliminate that, if we can say each candidate gets X dollar amount, from the taxes, from the government, and you only get to spend X and amount of dollars. That is the only money you get to spend. You, you first get a, of all, you're getting, you're ensuring all of the candidates have the same quote unquote war chest. You're, you're also that is a a way of vetting them on how well they spend their money. Right. You know what I mean? Trump underspent Hillary, and got elected. So it's not just money that does it. Of course, Trump was able to do that because he's Trump and he says shit that's going to get him in the news. Right. Which is free advertising. Right. Right? So, in a way, he ran a brilliant campaign, financially speaking. Right. And look where he is. So, if we had people who, you've got the same amount of money, do what you can with the money you've got. Now, that's a way for the, the public to look at and say, well, if they've all got the same amount of money, 
this guy did better, this girl did better, whatever. Right. Now you're looking at that as if those are taxes and they're going to spend to do what they're telling us they want to do. This this girl ran a better campaign than that guy. You know what I mean? Right. And that's a way of doing that vetting in a very public fashion. I would much rather see that. Right. Because I don't want the government... I don't think the government should be in the business of telling the press how to do something. Right. Now, the problem is with super PACs running ads they would have to be a, Exactly. That would have to be illegal. If if what I'm talking... In, in what I'm talking about, you can't have a campaign that says, we support this candidate. No. Only the candidate's press right. arm can Well, could do that, that be misconstrued or properly construed? As a violation of the First Amendment, or hampering people's if you if you want like if the Fedora Chronicles wanted to run an ad campaign mm-hmm. on the te- on television, right, and say and say hey here's the reasons why we like Chelsea, right, and and I created the Fedora Chronicles Super Pack, right, um, or if just as a business owner, right, running an ad, I think Chelsea's good for business. Here's why. Now and, be, and now, are people going to come down and say, "No, you can't do that because it's in violation of this new law"? But I say, "What about the First Amendment? Political speech is protected." Well, that's where that's where the line gets gray, right? right? Because a super PAC, I disagree. I think a super PAC should not be able to do that because they exist purely to support the candidate. Sure, but a private person or a corporation putting out an advertisement from their own right. funds. I can see how that would be polluted polluted as well because you, Eric Fisk, are an outspoken proponent of of Tulsi Gabbard, for example. Sure, right under that new law, Tulsi Gabbard's only got you know hundred thousand dollars, whatever she gets from right. the government. That's all she can spend on her financing. Well, we know you really like Tulsi. So I can see someone coming in. Mr. Fisk, we'd like to talk to you. We know you're an outspoken right. uh, supporter of Tulsi, and we appreciate that. And we would like you to run an advertisement for her on our behalf. Sure. And we'll give you the money. We'll reimburse you for you it. You could see how that you would happen. You have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh, I, that would absolutely happen. Yeah. That, would, that, would, that would happen in, like, I would say about 0.5 microseconds right. from the time that law's passed. That's exactly what would sure. happen next. So it, the money would still be hidden. We're never going to be able to fully get the money out of the no, we won't. process. But how could we make it, and I hate to use the word fair. Right. You know, how do we make it fair? That's a tough, that's a tough question. Well, I don't think, I don't think we can make things fair. I don't, I really don't. I don't think, well, first of all, life isn't fair. Right. So it's it's impossible. You're going against the laws of the universe at that point. The universe has a tendency to spank people when they try to violate the laws. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's. There's always going to be a, a corrupting influence in politics. What I like about Tulsi is that she's saying, these are my ideas and I want you to vote for me based on my ideas. You know, I like that about her. Um, I would rather see some way for us to make the the process cleaner and smoother. Speaking of the process smoother and cleaner, mm-hmm. Forbes published an article... I just and I just read this this morning. Um, virtual app, Face app, oh, now owns access to more than 
150 million people's faces and names. And there are people out there that are like, who cares? They could get that by just going on Facebook. They could get that by doing this. How did, how did, we, how did they get into that, that, that problem? How did they get into that? Because they didn't read the user agreement. Right. They didn't read the user agreement. They can use your face and your name in whatever they want to use. Sure. That's what you agreed to when you said, yeah, I want to see what I look like in 15 years, which is what their app does. All right. I want to see how accurate it was to when I was 15, you know? I don't do those things. Right. You know, I, I I actively avoid those. Post the, you know, 15 things that you've done, you know, have you, do you have a tattoo? Do you do this? Do that? All that's information right. gathering on people. That's all that is. And it's not just for fun. It's, well, it's not posted by someone who wants to get to know their friends. It's posted by an application, by a company who's right. doing research and trying to find out information on right. demographics that they're going to then use to make money, right? And I have no objection to people making money. That doesn't mean that if I don't know who's making that money, that I'm going to do something to contribute to them making money. Because for all I know, that's like Nambler or something. I I don't fucking know. We don't... Well, apparently it's a Russian company. Right. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not sure if people realize this, but companies in other countries aren't subject to U.S. laws. No, they're not. On the internet because they're not doing business in the U.S., so they don't have U.S. laws. There's so many of these um, apps, games, mm-hmm. quizzes, where oh, it, all it all it asks it all it asks you for mm-hmm. is just access to your profile. Like, um, what does Jesus really think about you? Click now, right. and you click it, and it says. Uh, our algorithm would like to look at your profile, have access, yeah. and you say, sure, why not? Well, it's like I went to download fucking uh, Solitaire on yep. my phone. And Solitaire, in order to work properly, this app needs to have access to your location so I can play a fucking card exactly. game. Exactly. No, it, you don't. And it needs, <laughs> and it needs, and it also needs access to your contacts. So it we can invite. Con- it needs access to your contacts, your location, your video, your media. No, you don't. You no. don't need access to any of that. It's a fucking card game. But you All don't you understand. I want to play solitaire. To well, and that's just it. And people are like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst that could happen is they have all of your information. Right. They can drop an entirely complete profile on you. And then because you willingly signed it away, that means they can give that information to anyone, including the government, without a warrant. And... Because you volunteered all of that information, now somebody in Libya just bought a boat, you know? <laughs> right? Like, well, who's that, they, they, that one guy? There's, he's the wealthiest guy in, I forget, some fucking European country. The wealthiest guy who used to run porn sites. Sure. He's now the wealthiest guy in the country. And he's uh-huh. doing other stuff with his money, but it's like... <sighs> oh, well. <laughs> I, wor- I wonder about things like that. Every time I see that, you know, like, like I was telling you this morning, my son found this thing online where it said, uh, I'm an IT professional. I, my locks are all manual. My, I don't have any Alexa or Google right. in my house. I, all of my internet is connected through my computers and my phone. My Wi-Fi is locked down. And then you have, I am a uh, 
I'm a tech enthusiast. My entire house is connect, is controllable via Bluetooth from my cell phone anywhere right. in the world. I look forward to the future. And then I am a computer programmer. I have a dot matrix printer from 1982 with a loaded gun beside it in case it makes a noise I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Technology, what can be done with technology is both absolutely amazing and completely right. terrifying. You know, it's just, and the more you deal as a, like, I, the more I deal with IT professionally, the more I see what can be done with it, the more afraid of it I am. Yeah. You know, like, I, I told my girlfriend, you know, yeah, I don't, I'm, I, I don't want Alexa or Google in my Oh, Ca- Carol, um, Carol shared the story with me, and we're not sure, she, she heard this, she <laughs> doesn't know if it's true or not. Okay. She wants to know if you think it's true. What's that? This woman had a cat, mm-hmm. and the cat would just meows all day. Mm-hmm. And they have Alexa. And one day, this woman came home, and Alexa said, I, I have an alert for you. Would you like to hear it? And the woman said, yes. For whatever reason, your cat stopped meowing today. Yeah. I, I That is... That is possible. I don't know if Alexa has that functionality in it, sure. but it's absolutely possible. And the other thing is, both Alexa and Google, those voice things, yeah, they can make changes to that, and they don't have to tell you. Right. They don't have to tell you. It's a free service they're providing to you. Therefore, they're not necessarily obligated to have a terms of service. And if they make changes to it, they don't necessarily have to notify you because it's a freely available app. They don't have a list of customers that have it. Right. How are you? How can you expect a company to update people if they don't know who they need to update? You know what? You're gonna walk in and then Google's gonna pipe up and say, "I am scheduled to have an update in 2.7 hours," and blah, blah 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 blah. This is what's gonna happen with it. I mean, theoretically, you could. But what's the first thing 95% of people are gonna do? Yeah, okay, Google. But that's on them. I understand that. I understand that. But the point is, is that. It's very possible stuff right. like that's happening. It's very, very, very possible stuff like that could happen. And everyone's like, oh, they don't listen in on your conversations. Well, yeah. yes, they do. Otherwise, how are they going to know when you say, hey, Google? Right. Or, hey, Alexa? Right. Well, they're just keying off of those two words. Right. So they have to listen to everything you say so they can key off of those two words. Right. They only react when you say those words. That doesn't mean they're not recording everything else. There's a fucking data center... 56 miles from where I live that is built to house everything that we do right? as citizens of the United States. Every phone call, text message, email, all of that is being stored. Podcast. Podcast. All of that is being stored in that data center and it's being collected. It was a project that was started under the Bush administration and okayed by the Obama administration and Trump hasn't done shit about it. Right. Either way. You know, so they are gathering all that information. And you know who has more money than the federal government? Fucking Google and Alexa. Right. Excuse me, Amazon. You know, so they're gathering all of this information. They have all this information. I don't want them to have that much of my information. I can tell them what I want to tell them. Sure. Having Putting a spy in my house... That is straight fucking out of the book, 1984. Really is. And as a matter of fact, I actually have a couple editions. Did I put them all away? Are they? No, I think I see one of them. I think yeah, there's one up there on the on the bookshelf. I'm trying to figure out which 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 one is that. 
I don't know. But anyway, that's that's just it. You know, these are the things that we can that that we do to ourselves with the technology. Yeah. Every time we download an app and don't read the terms of service, every time we download an app and they say, "I need to know your location, right. your contact list, all of your media. I need to access to your financial information." Yeah. If that doesn't set off a warning bell. You deserve what you get. Right. I have three games installed on my phone. And two of them I was able to turn off the access that they had to various things. I had to say okay, and then through Android I was able to turn off that application's access to my contacts, to my location, that kind of thing. I was able to turn that off. Right. The other game um, didn't ask for any of that. Yeah. You know? So... I don't have a lot of games on my phone. I don't have a whole lot of apps. On I my don't phone. have any games on my phone. How many how many apps do you have on your phone though? I have quite a few. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not but the thing is is that I've I've actually been very choosy. Mhm. I you know and here's the thing. I use Facebook mm-hmm. and Google to promote the website and the podcast. Right. I I really and it's we've gotten to the point now whereas if you have something to promote, anything to promote you need you have to have put it fa- on Facebook. You have to. Yep. Um, and I'll just go through right where uh, Tumblr, Facebook, Facebook Messenger, um, Pinterest, Instagram, um, YouTube, mm-hmm. SoundCloud, um, MindBody, Indeed Jobs, Google Mail. I don't have. Oh, and then there's all the product productivity tools that I have. Yeah, I've got, let's see, of mine I've got Plex, a QR scanner, and I'm only going to read the ones that didn't come with the operating system. Uh, SoundCloud, Signal, which is, Signal is is an application that secures your communications and and encrypts them in transit so you can send text messages that are secured. Um, Skype, See, that's part of the OS. That's part of the OS. Zedge, so I can change my backgrounds and stuff, although I'm going to probably delete that. Um, stuff that I use for my saxophone, uh, there's something called Sound Corset, which is a tuner and metronome. Um, Drum Genius, which is just plays a rhythm in the background to help with uh, improvisation. Um, video game... My bank, Venmo, which I'm going to delete, PenPal, or PayPal, not PenPal, completely different thing, uh, Pandora, Discord, uh, work stuff. I really did not like the alarms, so I had downloaded a third-party alarm right. thing. And this third-party alarm thing, I downloaded it. It was awesome when I downloaded it because... We know they have that screen that pops up. In order for this app to work correctly, it needs access to, it said, um, audio files. Right. It didn't say media. It said audio files. And it's because I can, if I have music downloaded sure. on my phone, they can use that music as the alarm. Which is, yeah, okay. Right. But that was the only thing it asked for, right. for access to. And that was a feature of the application. So I was like, okay, one plus one equals two. That makes sense. I'll right, do that. Right, right, We're right, right. You know, and I, so I love that one. Um, yeah, just a bunch of work stuff. Company portal, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I do have <laughs> I do have a, um, 
a thermostat that's connected to to the internet, <laughs> which is the one thing. I got it free. Yeah. And I was like, eh. And you're thinking <laughs> about it. And, and, yeah. and I'm, I, even at the time I was like, do I want to do that? Do I want to do that? Do I want to, but then I just, do you like, want to give, but here's the thing is, is that what are the chances of somebody getting, hacking that? They do updates. Okay. They download updates to it. Right. That means they can take control of it at any time if they want to. Okay. Yes. And anything that connects to the internet and up downloads and uploads it, uh, downloads its uh, its own updates, they can take control of, because it's the exact same technology that they they use to download those updates that will allow that allows them to take control of it. The terms of service says they won't, but the technology exists that they can. It means that somebody else can hack that. So my contention mm-hmm. is that you look at what happened with Nest right after <laughs> the Google servers went down and many people who had Nest were locked out of their house right right, right. so the thing is in that on top of that if somebody can hack let's just say somebody could hack Nest right and I'm, and I'm sure somebody's working on an app to open up your front door if it's if it's locked by Nest, and to say that that well that can't happen, well to say that that can't happen is to under to not understand the nature of coding applications. There's always a way. That's what hackers do: is they find a way. There is um, I forget what it's called, like Cult of the Blue Cow or something like that. Right. Where. They are people who developed the Windows operating system post Windows 95. They developed like Windows 95, 98, um, Windows 2000, and then Microsoft had a huge layoff. And these people who designed the operating system every year or every time Windows releases a new update of the operating system, they will go through and they know all of the holes in the operating system and they'll just publish one hole in the operating system that has existed since they worked at Microsoft now 20 years ago. And you get so angry with these corporations who are that are just they're so callous about laying people off. Well, it's there's reasons why they lay off people, there's reasons why and they make business sense at the time. And sometimes people get angry about it when they get laid off. I gave my best years of my life to this right. company. I did blah, blah, blah. And I understand that. I've been laid off. I've been there. I understand that. I try to remember it's it's not entirely personal. Right. I'm not going to say it's not personal because it is. Sure. If your name is on the list for layoffs, then there's a reason your name's on that list. Right. If you're in the first round of layoffs, let me tell you, it's not because you're a high-performing member of your team. <laughs> yeah. I've been in management. Yeah. It isn't. You right. know, they're going to try and keep the best performers right. as long as they can. I got let go. The first time I was laid off, I was in my fifth, the fifth round of layoffs when I got laid off. I felt pretty good about myself. Right, right. Clearly, I was a, I was a contributor to that particular team that I was right. on. Um, and so... I understand the anger that goes along with that, but to nurse a grudge for 20 fucking years, yep, yep. <laughs> that's like next level shit, man. Right. But, um, and all of them have jobs now. 
they all have jobs. They all develop for other people now. And but it's just entertaining, interesting to me because the hole that's in that application is not necessarily because the developers of that application made a mistake. And when I say that, I don't mean they intentionally put it in. I mean it's because they're developing something that they're building on something else someone someone else did. Sure. Yeah. So there may be a hole, if you will, in the integrity of that program that's a legacy of the way it was coded 10 or 15 years ago that now that way of coding is a liability, but at the time it wasn't. Okay? So anyone who says they have an unhackable system is deluding themselves. There is no such thing as an unhackable system. It may take a long time. Sure. It may take a team of people, but they will find the hole and they will use it. They will exploit it. Right. That's what hackers do. Because they can. Well, not just because they can. There's a big fallacy out there about hackers. A lot of hackers are doing it because they can, but that you're not going to do, you're not going to spend hours and hours doing something just because you can. There's you know a reason. I mean? there's, there, there's there's a reason behind there's it. There's a motivation. They're angry at the company. Yeah. They're... Um, they they see a way to make money. They want to prove something to the world about themselves. Oh, you picked on me in high school. I'm going to hack the thing. Right. You know what I mean? There's there's always a reason behind it. No one, the motivation for nobody is, eh, why not? Right. You know? Um, that can be something that people do. Like, you know, if you're driving down the street and you see something, hey, you want to have some ice cream? Yeah, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. But... To do something as involved as hacking, which is illegal, which is carries some pretty hefty sentences now and fines, you're not going to do that on a whim just because you 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 know you got a wild hair up your ass. You're going right. to do that because you're going to get something out of it, whether it's a sense of personal satisfaction, a feeling of getting something over the man or whatever. That's why you're going to hack. Yeah, and. You know, someone who works in IT, I try and minimize their reasons for wanting to hack my shit. Yeah. You know? Um, it's like the old adage, the best the best security system is to not have anything other people want. You know? You know, I, I used to joke <laughs> early in my marriage, we, we were living hand to mouth. And I used to joke that I'm not worried about someone stealing anything from me. If anything, a burglar is going to break into my house and go, oh, I feel sorry. Here, have a five, have $5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but again, there's people are doing something because they get something out of it, you know? Right. My car, as we were driving out here, we inadvertently left a door unlocked. Just a single door unlocked. And I sat down in the car and my rearview mirror was moved. Nothing was missing from the car. There was nothing stolen from the car. But there was in things that they could have stolen, but they were buried in the luggage. You know what I mean? Yes. So it wasn't something they could quickly go and grab and go. They were looking, when they came into my car, they were looking for cash for tolls, that kind of thing. They were looking for something you could grab quick, get an easy payout. That's it. Yep. They didn't want to have to deal with a fence or anything like that because there were things in there they could have taken that they would have been able to get some good money for. For example, Elaine, my saxophone. Right. She was in the car. 
they could have taken her. Yeah. I'm not in the habit of bringing Elaine with me when I go to the bathroom, so it makes things awkward. Right. It does. It, it really does. Um, it could be. A good, although the acoustics sometimes are worth it, it's just not. It could be a good way to to make some extra toll money as well. If you just like put your hat you out, to, and, you know, yeah. if you have to, if you have to. Uh, I, I did make you know six seven hundred yen when I was in Japan one time. Yeah. But you know it's. The security, the idea of security and integrity, there's the way, maybe it's just the age I'm at now. The way I look at my possessions is completely different than it used to be. Right. There are things like, I'm going to be moving out of my house. I'm selling my house to my ex-wife. I'm going to be moving out of my house. I'm looking at the things that I have and I'm saying, do I want to take that with me? Do I want to take that with me? Is that something I want? Is that something I want to leave? And... So I'm looking at my possessions differently. I, there's a big part of me that wants to simplify, that wants to get rid of things. You could so easily just leave so much behind. I could. Would that be kind of screwing her over? It depends on what it is. Yeah. I'm sure she has no interest in half the movies that we own because I bought them because right. I like the movies. Right. You know, but now there's all this internet access to movies that i have through various options right i don't really need to have the, all of those blu-rays and dvds anymore so in terms of simplification i'm looking at it as do i want to take that with me or do i not when it comes to the movies i'm going to ask her to go through and see what she wants and i'll take everything else it's because it's i'm trying to be equitable and, and amicable trying to be a good guy i am while at the same time yeah trying to unload some stuff that like the for example there could be like a bread maker that you've only used twice oh yeah all of like the kitchen stuff if it's not dead flesh and open flame i'm not so good with the right. cookie right right you know i believe bakery baking is alchemy and of the devil because you take all of these different things add heat and it turns into something wonderful that's that's a source of evil right. you know jokingly of course Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think bread's evil. I mean, no, but the process of get, making it is. It I mean, is. who the hell saw a plant and said, you know, I bet if I dry that out, grind that up, mix it with that white stuff coming out of that I chicken's think... ass, that white stuff coming out of the tits hanging out underneath that cow, and then mix it with this other plant that I have to dry out and grind up. How the fuck did they invent baking it, I, powder? I bet, I bet it was. See, to me, baking is evidence of alien intervention. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. You know, some otherworldly yeah. thing said, "Yes, you want to do that." Yeah, we're you actually do that. we're actually looking at getting lunch in a couple of minutes, and I did want to end the, the the show talking about a conversation that I had with somebody who um, he's working on something, and he asked me to keep what it is that he's working on under his hat but he actually um made me think mm -hmm. about how we do the podcast okay and the one of the things that he had told me and i think i think i can share this i'm actually gonna send this off to him so he approves it first um one of the things that sort of like really sort of grind his gears is that if you look at something long enough mm -hmm. and hard enough, you can figure out how people did things. Yeah. And the thing is, is that the words that I might be using when talking about ancient civilizations and lost technology, maybe I should start using the phrase 
lost techniques and not lost technology because actually had a discussion with that like we were talking about um i forgot the name of the place the place that's in peru that has like the the carvings that they can't even date they don't know how old they are right they're um and they have complete and total right angles in the carvings and it's they have carvings that are so intricate the only way we can do it today is with laser engraving. and she was very uh my friend that i was talking to about this was very she said it's not it's they just they use the tools at the time we know they can they could have done it that way i'm like really right really you could with a hammer and chisel made out of bronze you can go you can get that kind of a fine line in concrete and she's like yeah it's or possible stone, or, yeah. or stone right marble like, yeah um granite, granite you know the really really hard stuff right and she said yes it's possible and there's a part of me that wanted to argue with her about it because I want there to be that element of the unknown. Right. So I see what he's saying about right. lost techniques instead of lost technology. technology. But isn't that what technology is, is a technique of doing Well, things? but the thing is, is that when you say lost technology, like... The implication. The implication yeah. of, oh, he must obviously be talking about um, uh, the Aztecs having their own CD players. Uh, that, right. Yeah. you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not necessarily right. saying that. But that's and what that, goes through people's minds. Maybe I should yeah. be using the, you know, lost techniques mm-hmm. instead of... Lost, one second. Is that, and we, we said this in, a, in an earlier podcast, but this guy that I spoke to really sort of hammered the home, the point home. Whereas is that just because somebody says something mm-hmm. doesn't mean that it's true. And we need to remind our listeners right. that for, um, the New York Times is reporting that... Uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was denied bail. Right. You know, obviously he was denied bail. But the thing is, is that we need to be more, uh, let people know our news sources that we share and and talk about. Okay. So in other words, you know, when we talk about something, say, I heard or I read on this site or whatever. Okay. So we should be more mindful of that. Yeah, we should. Should. That means more stuff I got to remember. That also, yeah, it's just, it's just a, it's a small thing, and, yeah, and make is. sure. And and thing is, that will add more credibility to what it is that we're we're trying to say. We want to be credible. I, you know what? Sometimes, because the thing is, yeah, is no, that we, no, is. for some people, we are one of their major sources of news because we're, we're sort of we're we're sort of like becoming the the um, the Daily Show for diesel punks <laughs> and vintage aficionados. <laughs> Okay, there's worse things to be. There is. There are worse things to be. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's funny. That's yeah. yeah. No, I get it. I get it. We yeah. can do that. We can. Yeah, do that. we can do that. Slight so. mental adjustment. We can All right. Do that. So anyway, for us, as far as a final word, I'm I'm glad you showed up, Jay. I'm glad. You too. This was fun. It is. And, fun. But the thing is, you're not going to wait eight years for us to do this again. I, dear God, oh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> really, I may fly next time, um, depending on what's going on. Right. You know, if it's just me. Yeah, or just like me and my girlfriend flying out. Right, that might make more sense financially than um, than driving out, because it is a long time. So, yeah. but yeah, no, I def- I don't want it to be eight years again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. 
You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles network on the air. That's Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you'll get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for the Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles news. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.